and welcome. You are listening to CGLO 6090 AM in Montreal. My name is Dominic Demeester. William Power is on vacation this week. However, I'm here to cover the entire preseason, all the action that has been happening in the NFL. Let's get this started. We just had the Hall of Fame game happening last Thursday. Cleveland taking it. 21-16. My thoughts about this game was quite simple. Originally, I wanted to see Deshaun Watson. We didn't get to see him. I was kind of disappointed. I mean, Deshaun, for a guy that's got a guaranteed contract, I guess the Browns are scared. They don't want to put him out there in preseason for him to be injured and their investment to go down the tubes. But you know what? That guy needed to be on that field. He needed to start the preseason off to a banging start to get his confidence going, but the Browns decided not to. Hey, we'll see what happens when the NFL season starts, but I said it off the bat last week. If I didn't see Deshaun, this is a red flag for the Cleveland Browns. You know, we'll see where that ends up during the season. However, on the bright note, Kaleen Mon going 13 for 19, 92 yards, one TD and one interception. I wasn't as impressed on mound as I was on Dorian Thompson Robinson. This guy, wow, I like his speed. You know, he's a good scrambling quarterback as well from UCLA, a fifth round pick. If I had the opportunity to pick between both, I would definitely take Dorian Thompson Robinson. I thought that he proved to me, even if it's a preseason game, that the lights weren't too big for him. And he definitely showcased some cool talent out there. The other guy that I really enjoyed watching was John Kelly Jr. running back from Cleveland. Uh, 10 carries, 42 yards. Another small player, but a running back for Cleveland. If In case Chubb ever goes down, you got John Kelly Jr. And as for the Jets, well, the Jets, the Jets are the Jets. Aaron Rodgers did not play in this football game. Their defense was kind of, you know, around. They didn't do anything too crazy, uh, but they lost this football game only putting 16 points on the board. We got to see Zach Wilson. Not anything new to report on Zach Wilson. Seems to be another big bust at the QB position, but we know that Aaron Rodgers will be the guy in New York, and hopefully for the for those Jets, he doesn't get injured, because if he does, you can bank that Zach Wilson will not be able to save them. So let's stay in the division and talk about the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, the Buffalo Bills. What to expect with the Buffalo Bills this year? Uh, I don't know. I think they're going to be a bubble team for the playoffs. I really think that Josh Allen will have to do it all again because the running back position took another you know, step back this week. Damian Harris has a kind of like a knee injury. We'll see how bad that is. But for me, that's a, a huge problem. If Damian Harris isn't the starting running back for this football team, we're going to see Josh Allen having to do what he did his entire career, which be the, the focal point of this entire offense and be running and passing. So I don't want to see that for Josh Allen. I, I think that he takes too many hits and he'll be injured for a while. So let's hope that doesn't happen for the Bills. On the bright note, James Cook has taken this opportunity and has ran with it. So James Cook right now seems to be the guy in Buffalo to be kind of slated as the number one running back. And we all know that Dalvin Cook had a, a great start to his career. Can James Cook feel those shoes, feel those kind of like Dalvin Cook shoes? In other words, they're very similar players. I'm not 100% convinced when I saw him. I thought he, he seemed a bit like very thin and uh, he needed to add some more weight. So I can't wait to see how he looks like in a preseason game if he added some weight in the offseason. So keep an eye on that. And the rest of the division, you know, we got the New England Patriots. They're not really making any headlines. And that's kind of concerning because this team needs to start making headlines. Ever since Tom Brady left this football team, we don't really know who is the starting quarterback. We believe it's Mac Jones, but there's still some rumblings that Billy Zappi might take over that position. So keep an eye on preseason. Uh, that's a good quarterback competition happening in New England. But I, I want to see who's going to step up in this football team other than the quarterbacks 
to to be the star. I, I'm hoping it's Juju Smith Schuster. I think he still has some good football left in him, and he he landed in a spot where it's going to be the Juju show. If you ask me, you know, if you're playing fantasy football, if there's any points that's going to be coming out of New England, it should be going through Juju Smith Schuster. As for the running backs, you know, we got Ramondre Stevenson. You can hand the ball to him 25 times a game and maybe be successful. But Belichick likes to do, you know, a lot of different schemes and incorporate a multitude of running backs. So let's see what's going to happen up in New England. But so far, uh, I got a big red flag as well in New England. And I just don't know what to expect because I, I, I want to know who's going to be the starting quarterback. So let's wait for the preseason to end. And we'll see what happens there. And last but not least, the Miami Dolphins. Well, hey, if there's a bright spot in Miami, it's this kid, Devon Acne. Everybody's talking up Devon Acne like he's amazing. He's going to be a star. He's going to help this Dolphins offense out. This is great news because the Dolphins are going to need to put a lot of points on the board this year. That defense does not look strong whatsoever. I know there's a few guys you know, Jalen Phillips had a pretty decent uh, rookie season last year. Bradley Chubb, you know, how much more can Bradley Chubb do to get pressure on to the quarterback? I don't know. This is a big problem in Miami. Is Are they going to be able to get to the opponent's quarterback? And if they can't, those DBs without Jalen Ramsey, they're going to struggle off the bat. So in order to combat the points on the board, Miami's going to have to put points on the board, which they have been able to. Don't get me wrong, but if Tua goes down, I think that Mike White, I don't know if he's going to be able to put as many points on the board as Tua. So the key to Miami's offense is a healthy Tua. Let's see what happens in week one in the NFL. Moving on to the AFC North, we got the Baltimore Ravens. Hey, I'm looking at Lamar Jackson right now, and I'm thinking, is he ever going to be able to become a great passer? And I don't think so. I think he's always going to be a mediocre passer. But if there's a year that this guy should be stepping up, it's this year. He's got Odell Beckham Jr. He's got Rashad Bateman and Zay Flowers. In my opinion, those are three solid ride receivers. And then he's got the beast in the East, Mark Andrews. This guy, you know, you just chuck it up in the end zone and most often than none, he's going to be catching that football. They also got some great news. Apparently, J.K. Dobbins is going to be around the corner. That's going to take a bit of pressure off Lamar Jackson. Baltimore's identity is through the running game. I know Gus Edwards is not too bad, and I know they brought in Melvin Gordon. But I do think J.K. Dobbins should be the guy carrying the load in Baltimore. They drafted this guy high. I just think that he's an all-around great running back, specifically near the goal line. Give the ball to J.K. Dobbins. Take the pressure off Lamar and Baltimore. You know, if you stay healthy, this team is a playoff team, in my opinion. Off to Cincinnati we go. Well, Cincinnati, we all saw, unfortunately for them, Burrow went down early. And when Burrow goes down in a preseason, you would say, ah, it's not too bad. It's just a preseason. But I don't know. I think Cincinnati might start the season slow as a result. It's important to get those reps in preseason to, to kind of like bring back that rapport. Even though Jamar Chase is an amazing ride receiver, you know, there's still T. Higgins, there's still Tyler Boyd. You know, these guys need to get the reps with Joe Burrow, need to kind of like get that feeling that you're going to be ready for a week one. So I expect Cincinnati to start off slow. Nothing big to report out of Cincinnati. Uh, I think that uh, Trey Hendrickson, on defense has really impressed me in the past couple of years. I hope for, for Cincinnati fans that this guy lives up to, to the bill this year again, because that's how Cincinnati stays a lot in these football games. Yes, they can put points on their board, but this guy, Trey Hendrickson, can get to the quarterback, has gotten to many of them often, and he's the disruptor up in Cincinnati. So keep an eye on him. Hopefully he stays healthy. Off to Pittsburgh we go. My Pittsburgh Steelers. A lot of hype coming in for Pittsburgh this year. You know, to me, I don't like Pittsburgh when there's too much hype. I'll be honest. I think that this team is a better team when they fly underneath the radar and they shock a lot of people. Hey, maybe a lot of people don't like Pittsburgh right now. But from what I'm reading, yeah, people are liking Pittsburgh. Probably more, most likely than not, is because the uh, the weapons that they added on defense. 
I think Cole Holcomb is going to be a great inside linebacker, one that we've been missing in Pittsburgh. So Cole Holcomb will definitely be a guy that Pittsburgh needs to count on to stop the run. And they brought in another great guy that a lot of people might not be uh, amazed by this guy, but I honestly am, is Kwanu Neal. Kwanu Neal is going to be able to play strong safety behind the Monte Kazi. They're probably going to change reps a bit, but that's veteran leadership with Patrick Peterson and now Mika Fitzpatrick. All these three guys together, man, that secondary is getting strong and Pittsburgh already can get to the quarterback and TJ Watt. So I think the, the feeling is that Pittsburgh's defense is going to lead the way really strong this year. And if they could do that and be maybe even the number one defense in the NFL, I think Kenny Pickett's going to get the ball enough to really hopefully execute Matt Canada's game plan, which is probably going to be a lot of Najee Harris running left and right and probably also down the middle. But I, I would honestly think it's the offensive lineman that they've added to this offensive line that's going to enable Najee Harris to use his skill sets, which are kind of like sweeps to the right and the left. And then he kind of like uses his blocker to get in the opening. He, he doesn't have a great accelerating gear, Najee. So he really needs a great offensive line to move those pieces around. Pittsburgh picked up Isaac Suumalu, who I thought was one of the best offensive linemen in Philadelphia last year. If you guys listen to my show, Philadelphia, to me, had the best offensive line that I have ever seen last year and probably all my football that I was watching. I honestly think that Philadelphia should have won that Super Bowl. They got robbed, but hey, that's a that's in the past. Isaiah Suomalu is now in Pittsburgh. He will help that offensive line. And they drafted Broderick Jones, who obviously is going to help as a left tackle. It's going to be a battle between Dan Moore Jr. and him. And... They also drafted a huge tight end called Darnell Washington that is going to act as an extra lineman. So fantasy football listeners, take Najee Harris this year. He should definitely have a good season unless he becomes a bust. You'll find out quick. Matt Canada could be the issue, but I think that Najee is responsible. It doesn't matter who the offensive coordinator is. When you all you got to do is run the football, follow your lineman. That shouldn't be complicated. So they got the personnel. Pittsburgh, if you're going to do something, now is the time, and I think that's why they're getting the hype. But I, as much as I'm a Steelers fan, I'm thinking they're going to lose that last game of the season to Baltimore, and that's how Baltimore will squeak in. Last but not least, we talked a bit about the Cleveland Browns on the top of the show. I still think that, you know, it's all on Deshaun Watson. What is Deshaun Watson going to do? Is he going to become a star in Cleveland this year? Or is it going to be the worst contract ever given to a quarterback? It's that simple, folks. Nothing more complicated. Do they have the personnel? Uh, they drafted Cedric Tillman. He had a, a pretty good start to the preseason. But they're going to need more than Cedric Tillman. They basically need, need Nick Chubb to, to become maybe the best running back in the NFL. I don't see it, right? Chubb is a great running back. Don't get me wrong. but to become the best. I still think that belongs to Derrick Henry. Maybe I'm biased there. Love Derrick Henry. All right, we're off to the AFC South. We talked about briefly about Derrick Henry and the Tennessee Titans. What to expect for Tennessee this year? Listen, I'm very bullish on Tennessee this year. I think the fact that they brought in DeAndre Hopkins to this football team just added the cherry on top to this franchise, to this offense. Really, this team, out of every team in the NFL, this is the team that plays the best sound fundamental football. In my opinion, that's what you need to do to be consistent and to obviously make the playoffs. Last year, Tennessee was one of the most depleted teams in the NFL due to injury. I honestly know that depth is very important, but we're talking about these guys who are bringing in the third guy on the depth chart. And when you're bringing in the third guy on the depth chart, you could pretty much say goodbye to the season. So this is what happened to Tennessee last year. And I don't expect it to happen this year. I expect another heavy dose of Derrick Henry leading the way, churning the clock, keeping the games tight, and Tennessee to come out victorious more often than, than none. And a lot of people out there are going to be big bad bullies to Ryan Tannehill saying that this guy should be gone off this franchise. 
and giving the ball to Will Levi and let Will Levi do uh, what he could potentially do, which might happen, by the way. I mean, Ryan Tannehill isn't a great quarterback, but what I like is that he's been there for a while. He knows the system. He's got the confidence of his peers. Give Ryan Tannehill another crack at this, and we'll see what happens. I think that this guy can make the playoffs. I think he can make the he can win the division. And when it's all said and done, Mike Vrabel's schemes will propel Tennessee to the divisional champions. Out of the training camp right now, keep an eye on Peter Skoronsky, left guard. I think that with Taylor Luan being gone out of Tennessee, somebody needed to step up. They drafted Skoronsky, hoping that he was going to be able to fill his shoes. And the knock on Skoronsky is that he's got short arms. And that's obviously going to be an issue uh, for against certain teams and certain personnel. But I think that the offensive line really... If they run north-south football, which they typically do a lot, Derrick Henry will be just fine, and he's basically the key to all this. If Derrick Henry gets hurt, kiss Tennessee season goodbye because that is the bread and butter of this football team. So let's see what happens in preseason. Nothing huge to report there, but keep an eye on Skaronsky. If there's a chemistry on the offensive line, it's going to spell for a lot of W's in Tennessee. Off to Jacksonville we go. Well, the Jacksonville Jaguars, what they're doing right now is they're kind of like meddling with their running back position preseason. A lot of praise from Doug Peterson coming out for Tank Bigsby. I just don't know if this was the direction I would have gone. Another weird start to the Jacksonville Jaguars season. You know, we had a horrible coaching signing last year with Nick Saban. Uh, I think that Peterson was a great recipe to kind of like move past that. So I'm not sure exactly whether or not Doug Peterson, he can't do as bad as Saban, but the fact that they brought in Tank Bigsby when they already had Jamichael Hasty and they already had Dearness Johnson, I don't know. It's just too many running backs and poor Travis Etienne, who had a great rapport out of college with Clemson, with Trevor Lawrence. It's like they don't trust him. They don't trust his health. And I personally thought that that was a match made in heaven. I mean, when you have two guys that played college football together. They're going to be starting their career in Jacksonville together. And uh, I just think that it was a poor decision bringing in Tank Bigsby and giving him that much hype early on. Hey, I might be wrong here, folks. Maybe Tank Bigsby becomes the starting running back. He sure looks like one, but I feel sorry for Travis Etienne. And that kind of like gets, it rubs people the wrong way. So in that locker room this year, let's see what happens and I just think that Jacksonville is going to take a step back. I do expect big things out of Calvin Ridley. I think that from everything that I've read, he's starting exactly where he left off. I don't know how many more years he has in the tank, but this definitely is going to be a, a decent season for Calvin Ridley. Uh, hoping that that rapport will be there for Trevor Lawrence. A guy that might um, see a fewer balls will be Christian Kirk. So keep an eye on that. Christian Kirk doesn't seem to be a disruptor. He had like all sorts of superstars in Arizona. He plays his role. So I don't think that's going to be a, an issue. The issue will be at the running back position, whether or not Travis Etienne plays, you know, the way that he can, or is he going to be sulking more than anything else? He doesn't seem to be a prima donna kind of guy. But again, I don't like when you bring in too many running backs. The position's already being devalued. These guys are all starting to like really feel it financially. Let's see what happens, but that's the red flag to look out for in Jacksonville. Off to Indianapolis, you know, Indianapolis, we talked about Jim Ezra. What bright spot is there to talk about this week? He hasn't said anything, so that's a great thing. As long as he keeps his mouth shut, I think Indianapolis can move forward, but they're not moving forward with Jonathan Taylor. He's going to be rehabbing for at least, I'm going to say, the entire preseason. And we're if we see Jonathan Taylor at all it'll be week one but we already have rumblings that you're gonna have kareem hunt visiting this week if kareem hunt ends up on this football team i am a huge kareem hunt fan and i know that he might not be jonathan taylor but he can definitely spell jonathan taylor any day of the week and who's going to be the quarterback to compliment him well, right now, Anthony Richardson was a dud, but he's slowly but surely picking up that offense, which is great news for Indianapolis Colts fans, as Shane Steichen was brought in to do exactly what he did in Philadelphia with Jalen Hurts. So 
if Anthony Richardson isn't the starting quarterback this year for the Colts, it's going to be weird, man. It's it's going to be weird. Let's put it that way. It's going to be very weird. Garner Minshew, I don't think he's a starting quarterback. I think he's a great, great backup quarterback that you can count on on any game of the week, but not as a starter. And if Indianapolis is going to have a great season, they're going to need somebody like Anthony Richardson to be kind of like Cam Newton was his first year in the NFL. He really started off well, and he had the receivers to go to. I think Anthony Richardson has Michael Pittman Jr. He, to me, is a star, and I expected him to get at least multiple touchdowns this year, at least 10 minimum. And Alex Pierce is another huge wide receiver. So let's see if Anthony Richardson could at least run that offense. But so far, his accuracy, everything that I'm hearing is not there. He's not ready. And Garner Minshew is the guy probably going to be there week one. If that's the case, Colts fans, you can probably say goodbye to your season. But let's hope Anthony Richardson saves the day. Keep an eye on that in Indianapolis. Off to Houston. The Houston Texans, folks, I don't know, man. This is a wild card team, kind of like New England, kind of like a couple other teams where nobody really has a good read on Houston until they see what's going to be the product on the field, at least after three weeks of the season. They drafted a big baller in C.J. Stroud. This guy, two years watching him back-to-back in Ohio State, I thought that he had phenomenal receivers that he was able to play with. Now, whether or not that lifted up his stock more than anything else, eh, you know, when you have Chris Olave, you know, your stats are going to be going up big time. They're going to need this guy to be good right out of the gate. They're going to need this guy to be a baller and strong. I think they have decent receivers in John Mitchie III from Alabama, but he didn't play at all last year. They drafted Tank Dell, which a lot of people think that is going to be a really great player for the Houston Texans even this year because guys like Robert Woods you know, are, are getting old and Nico Collins could be a bust. So you can slot right, right away really quick Tank Dell and John Mitchie III. These guys have the speed and CJ Strout has the spiral. So a lot of play action passes are easy to do in Houston when you got a nice spiral like CJ Strout has. The running game, Damian Pierce, I don't know what to expect with Damian Pierce. I'll be honest. This guy started off good, then he got injured. He's a kind of like an all-purpose running back, could play three-down football. But, you know, they brought in Devin Singletary, probably only for depth. Keep an eye on Damian Pierce this preseason. He's going to have to pretty much start the preseason very well. If he doesn't, it could be a red flag, and Houston might have problems at the running back position. Off to the AFC West we go. We got the Denver Broncos, baby. Denver. I don't know, man. This, to me, I think is a team that's just going to go kaput again this year. I know, William, if you're listening, you're a huge fan of the Broncos this year. I don't think they're going to be that great. I mean, it all comes down to one player, usually the quarterback, Russell Wilson. Is he past his prime? Was he a product of Pete Carroll more than anything else? Well, now he's got Sean Payton. That's another technically gifted coordinator, head coach. I think that Sean Payton's going to have to drop these incredible plans. But I don't know if they have the personnel to do it this year. Maybe next year, if Sean Payton and, and Russell Wilson keep their job. Yes, I know they paid Russell Wilson. But hey, listen, they were talking about trading this guy to Philadelphia at one point. So that just goes to show you what the Denver Bronco franchise thinks of Russell Wilson. So... I don't know. I'll have to believe the product until I see the product. I don't know what to expect. They're going to have to put a lot of points on the board. In preseason, I haven't heard anything extraordinary so far happening. So, yeah, Denver Bronco fans, you better be listening. And to me, I think that this year is going to be another dud. Uh, It's just my opinion. Let's see what happens. Off to Kansas City we go. The Kansas City Chiefs, returning champions. Nothing really exciting in preseason to say other than Rasheed Rice. If you're a fan of a great route runner, Rasheed Rice, he's going to be the guy in Kansas City. I know they got Kadarius Toney, but he's already injured. Rasheed Rice, to me, I saw his college tape, really big sleeper in fantasy football. If you want to pick up a guy that's going to probably become the number one for years to come in Kansas City, 
He's the guy. When you got Pat Mahomes throwing you the ball in all sorts of ways, you know you're going to get some touchdowns. You know you're going to get some receptions. You know the, the points are going to be on average 30 points a game in Kansas City unless unless that offensive line crumbles. Because Pat Mahomes coming off a huge injury, I'm telling you, folks, this was a pretty big injury. If he takes a couple more hits, I think that Pat Mahomes is uh, the best quarterback in the NFL. But like any other quarterback, they need a good offensive line. Creed Humphreys was a wonderful center they picked up last year. Let's see if he can do it again this year. That's my million-dollar question. The running game in Kansas City is a forgotten position i mean they kind of trot that out here and there maybe three times a season it's not scary it's basically all these running backs that can catch the football because kansas city is an all-out shotgun team with all sorts of formations so let's see what happens in kansas city this year keep an eye on rashid rice off to los angeles we go the los angeles chargers this team smells like a super bowl team and i'll tell you what the reason why they smell like a Super Bowl team is this team is absolutely loaded at the right receiver position. They got Mike Williams. They drafted Quinton Johnson, Keaton Allen. They already have a great slot receiver in Joshua Palmer. They also have depth with Jalen Guyton. Man, this team is going to compete with Kansas City. This is the team that I'm watching in the AFC West Austin Eckler, one of the most underrated running backs in the NFL, catches like almost like 80 balls a game. I don't know where all these throws are going to go to this year, but Justin Herbert is going to have options. And when you got options, you got touchdowns. Keep an eye on a fantasy sleeper, Gerald Everett. If all these rider receivers are running all over the place, somebody's going to get open. And sometimes it's just very comfortable to dump it off to your tight end, specifically in the red zone. There's also Donald Parham Jr., kind of a really deep sleeper. You know, if Gerald Everett were to go down, they have depth at the tight end position there as well. This offense will be clicking every week, folks. Keep an eye on those chargers. Between them and Cincinnati, it's a coin toss at who I believe has the most firepower in the NFL. I know I, I talked about Casey having a lot of firepower, but trust me, folks, I think the Chargers in Cincinnati this year might take the leap over Kansas City in that area. The other team in that division is the god-awful Raiders. I mean, I don't know what to expect with the Raiders. I don't know what this franchise is thinking. I've bashed them enough all year. Josh McDaniels, you better have like, Wear your Super Bowl rings. I don't know. You're going to have to wear your Super Bowl rings because how are you going to motivate your players? Your play scheme so far suck as a head coach. You were terrible in Denver and you're still terrible in Las Vegas. So maybe put on those Super Bowl rings and flash them around to motivate people or something because I don't know what else you can do right now. Then start praying because you are going to finish probably dead last in the NFL. I know you have a great defense and that defense can keep you in football games. But if you can't put any points on the scoreboard, you're going absolutely nowhere. Devontae Adams is probably on his way out sooner than later. I know it's crazy to say this guy was an unbelievable star in Green Bay, but he had Aaron Rodgers, folks. I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo has it in him. I just don't. And if he goes down, it's Brian Hoyer. So like, what? I, I don't know what to say. I really don't. I'm left speechless with this franchise. They, they had Darren Waller, a guy that was like eating up footballs. At least there was something positive there. And they traded him to the Giants. What a boneheaded move. Probably Devontae Adams had something to do with that. He was probably whining and screaming that he wanted some more footballs because he wanted to be this Hall of Famer. That's a prima donna. That's a red flag. The Las Vegas Raiders aren't going nowhere unless Josh McDaniels might as well start wearing those Super Bowl rings. Do something different. Do something crazy. Do something foolish. I don't know. Do something because you're going nowhere. All right, let's go down to the NFC, the NFC East, baby. We just talked about those Giants. Let's go and talk about those Giants. Brian Dable started out as a darling in the NFL, but unfortunately for him, I guess his schemes ended up being really good for a guy that I think is overrated in Daniel Jones. This offense should be a spread him offense, should be a shotgun offense. But now Daniel Jones 
is going to be given at least three years to handle this, what, West Coast offense in, in the Giants in New York? I'm not buying it. Daniel Jones is a below average quarterback, folks. He got away last year with his legs running around with his head cut off. I was shocked, a truly shocked that Daniel Jones was given that huge contract. I think that that was all Brian Dable doing unbelievable schemes and Daniel Jones to, I guess, eventually figuring out a bit that he had legs and that he could run the football himself because the NFL gives that kind of like green card for every QB to do now. As, as we all know, the running back position is being devalued and they want the quarterbacks to really run the football. At least that's my opinion. And when Daniel Jones can do it, folks, that's when you know that there's a problem in the NFL. Unless I'm completely wrong, folks, and Daniel Jones does what he, what he did last year and brings back the Giants to the playoffs and they go deep. I know they have a good defense. I know they just brought in Darren Waller. But folks... This is a Fungazi. This team is going to regress this year. I love Brian Diable. I really do. But Daniel Jones, he's not that great. And he will prove me right this year. The only kind of like trump card that Daniel Jones has is he's going to have a blazing saddle right receiver, probably the fastest right receiver in the NFL, maybe in Jalen Hyatt. Keep an eye on this guy. If Daniel Jones escapes the season, it'll be through the play action and Jalen Hyatt will become a household name in the NFL. This guy's got speed. And when you got speed, I think Tyreek Hill, I think the amount of touchdowns that this guy could do, keep an eye on Jalen Hyatt. Very deep sleeper in fantasy football. That's the guy to keep an eye on to save the season for the Giants. Off to Dallas we go. The Dallas Cowboys is the team that I absolutely enjoy talking about. You know, I love the fact that they were committed to Mike McCarthy. If there's one thing that that Jones didn't write, Jones said to himself, listen, I got a Super Bowl coach. He's going to do what he needs to do. He's going to evaluate his football team. And he obviously won a Super Bowl. Give him the opportunity to execute his game plan. Now, he pretty much showed Ezekiel Elliott out the door. Was that the right guy or should Dak Prescott have been given the door? Well, listen, Dak Prescott was given that contract. It's very hard to bite that contract. So Ezekiel Elliott, you know, his contract was up. He might be back, folks, but that's a big if. I think right now, Tony Pollard is going to carry the load up in Dallas. And I think that's what Mike McCarthy wants to do, right? He wants to run the football. He wants to have a three down back. He had two running backs to play with last year with Ezekiel Elliott, but you know, Ezekiel Elliott seems like a prima donna. He probably wanted the football a lot. And that probably frustrated Tony Pollard because Tony Pollard was a beast last year. And I think that Tony Pollard probably will be a beast again this year. Big guy to pick up in fantasy football. I think Tony Pollard will live up to the bill. That offense will be clicking. We talked about a team with a lot of depth also at the right receiver position. Dallas has a lot of depth here. If they lose Gallup, Brendan Cooks, or CD Lamb, you have these guys that are not household names yet, but Simi Fohiko and Jalen Tolbert. Keep an eye on those two guys. I have a feeling one of them will end up being a, maybe not a star for Dallas, but will be pretty decent for the Cowboys this year. So expect big things out of Dallas. I think they will probably be the representatives in the NFC for the Super Bowl. Yes, early Super Bowl predictions from Dom Demeester. Dallas Cowboys, keep an eye on them. Now off to Philadelphia we go, the Philadelphia Eagles. Not much to, to say on Philadelphia other than, you know, are they going to have a Super Bowl hangover? Are they going to be the team that we saw last year? It's all going to come down to Jalen Hurts. And I don't think that offensive line is going to be as strong. So we're going to see Jalen Hurts struggle a bit more. Now, I could be completely wrong on this because A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith are beasts at the position. But I just don't know if Jalen Hurts is going to be able to have as many possessions as he did last year on fourth down. I think they converted so many fourth downs because of that basically that offensive line pushed any defensive line they were faced with. So is that going to be the case this year? I don't know. I like Dallas Gardart. He's a good all-around tight end. He can help that offensive line as well. But I don't think... I don't think there's going to be enough firepower this year in Philadelphia. They probably make the playoffs. It'd be hard to say that they won't, but they will regress. Trust me, Philadelphia will not be the same team 
as they were last year. Let's continue the NFC East and talk about the Washington Commanders. Yes, the Commanders. Hey, the preseason's not going too bad in Washington. I think this team is a team that can shock a lot of people this year in the NFL. Sam Howell was developed very well. He's having a strong camp. A guy that got an opportunity to have a whole year off to understand the playbook and then being put into the spotlight in year two. This is how you built a great quarterback or at least a productive quarterback. And this is what Sam Howell will be for the Washington Commanders because this team also has done a great job of playing sound football at all positions and also being able to get production out of a lot of players on this football team. I think Terry McLaren is a decent receiver. John Han Dotson is also had a great rookie season last year. And Curtis Samuel is kind of like another wild card receiver that can run the football, can catch the football. This guy's kind of a very special guy, but he's not utilized as often throughout the entire season. He's kind of utilized here and there in a couple games. So it's very complicated to play Washington, I would say, uh, if I'm a defensive coordinator, because you don't know where that offense is going to be coming from. They also have two dynamic running backs in Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson. So they have depth, folks, is what I'm getting at. The only position a bit of concern is the tight end position. And Logan Thomas, he kind of like can get injured here and there. But if he stays healthy, this team is going to be pretty darn cool. It's a tough division, folks. I'm not going to lie. Where is Washington going to slot themselves when you got Philadelphia, the Giants, and Dallas? I don't know. In Anywhere between second and third. I don't think they win the division. I'm going to give that to, to Dallas. But don't be surprised if Washington outseeds Philadelphia. That'd be crazy, right? And the Giants, I told you guys, this team's going to regress this year. So they could probably be the bottom of the barrel in that division. We'll just have to see how that plays out. I think injuries will be clearly what's going to decide who's going to win this division because a lot of football teams are good. In training camp right now, nothing crazy to say other than that Sam Howell is definitely progressing and that's what you want because he is your quarterback. So let's see what happens there. Off to the NFC North, a division no longer dominated by the Green Bay Packers because Aaron Rodgers is gone. Unless, folks, Jordan Love picks up the torch from Aaron Rodgers. That's a big ask. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is going to be a Hall of Famer. You're you're basically going to try to replicate what we saw. Aaron Rodgers took the torch from Brett Favre. Now Aaron Rodgers passed the torch to Jordan Love. Do you see the comparison here? I don't. I think Jordan Love is a complete different quarterback altogether. And it's really going to come down to whether Matt LaFleur could have some schemes that are going to be successful. It's that simple. They do have Romeo Dobbs that I thought had a great start to last season. And I just don't know if his route running ability is going to fit the schemes that Jordan Love is going to be able to be comfortable with. I think Jordan Love is more of a play action quarterback. In other words, Christian Washington should see a lot of play actions and catch a lot of them for touchdowns this year. And I think he's going to really bank on Aaron Jones to be the superstar of this offense. And I'm not a huge fan of Aaron Jones. Let's be honest. I think Aaron Rodgers, everybody is scared of Aaron Rodgers. So that takes away a bit of pressure. That's just how I see it. And we'll see how good Aaron Jones is. I think probably midway through the season, you might see a lot more of AJ Dillon, especially when it gets cold. AJ Dillon will be the guy. Early on, if Aaron Jones doesn't start off on the right gear, the Packers aren't going to go anywhere. And Jordan Love is going to suffer, and the Packers might finish dead last in that division. So that's how I see it. I see this offense really be, if Aaron Jones doesn't live up to the bill, they will go absolutely nowhere. So keep an eye on that. Off to Chicago we go. Oh boy, do I ever love this football team. And they keep on adding more pieces on defense. Man, I think this defense can contend to be the best defense in the NFL. They added Yannick Ngakwe, another huge piece. Wow. TJ Edwards, Tremaine Edmonds. They had Jack Sanborn that kind of broke out last year for the Bears. 
This is reminding me of an old school Bears defense that Chicago fans have been waiting for for a long, long time. And if they give enough opportunities to this offense with Justin Fields, I think we might have a breakout star in Justin Fields this year. This offense seems to be one that's going to have everything, folks. They have depth at receiver. They have depth at running back. They have depth at tight end. Yeah. The Bears are for real this year. They will win the division. I'm calling it right away. I know we have a lot of Lions fans out there listening to this saying, what are you saying? (laughs) We're going to win the division this year. You know what? It's going to be close. I'm not going to lie. But the clincher here, folks, was the fact that Williams decided to gamble and unfortunately got suspended for the first four games. That's going to be at least two loss. I'm going to call it right there. They will lose two of those games. I know there's a lot of hype with this tight end, Sam Laporta coming out, but Sam Laporta cannot, in my opinion, replace the touchdowns that Williams would have got. Yes, they have Marvin Jones Jr., the guy that is breaking every conventional wide receiver statistic as an old man. This guy is producing in his high 30s or his mid 30s. Let's say 33 years old, Marvin Jones. That's basically uh, the last year of a a great receiver. So he's still doing it and he's going to have to do it with Josh Reynolds and Amon Ray St. Brown. I think Amon Ray St. Brown, you could just basically blanket him with triple coverage and force Detroit to see if Marvin Jones Jr. still has the bill to, to deliver. And if he does, yeah, they might be fine. But I think as we all know, as you progress in age, you start slowing down. So I don't think that offense is going to be as good. I could be wrong here, folks. They drafted Jameer Gibbs, and I know they have a great offensive line, but I think they need to put points on the board. They were able to do to do it last year, but this team is coming in with a lot of hype. And their quarterback is like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde and Jared Goff. We just don't know what to expect with him at that position. So let's see what happens, but I'm not a huge Jared Goff fan. I think Jared Goff is kind of like, a guy that plays when he wants to play, when he's comfortable, maybe at home. He got he's got the fans, but on the road, do not take Jared Goff. You will find yourself losing more than winning. Folks, let's go to the last team in this division, the Minnesota Vikings. Wow, Minnesota and Kevin O'Connell's offense. One thing that I just read, which I'm pretty sad to hear. Jordan Addison not starting the depth chart as a number two receiver, folks. He's already slated to be number three. Now, either KJ Osborne is playing out of his mind in preseason, but Jordan Addison should be the number two. The fact that he's not is a red flag for me, is another one that says, listen, he was too frail. He needs to add a lot of weight. Uh, He's probably being manhandled by the DBs. KJ Osborne is the number two. If KJ Osborne is the number two, who's going to carry the load? Justin Jefferson, yes, he's a phenomenal ride receiver, but you need more than Jefferson. You need a guy to, to kind of like take the pressure off. And now with Dalvin Cook gone, we're all expecting to Alexander Madison to be this unbelievable running back. I'll believe it when I see it. And yes, TJ Hawkinson at tight end, you know, he could obviously take a bit of pressure, but if, if he were to go down, ah, this team is going to suffer on offense. They're going to try to really have like a West Coast offense in Minnesota. They're going to try to put a lot of points on the board. A lot of pressure is going to be put on Kevin O'Connell and whether or not he's going to be able to to carry this offense with his play calling. And I see the Minnesota Vikings struggling between them and the Packers. I don't know who's going to finish last in the division, but it'll be one of the two. And I expect the Vikings to be probably subpar this year, maybe 500 at best. Off to the NFC South we go. The Atlanta Falcons. Yes, the Falcons. You know, Arthur Smith, he blew my mind last year running the football. And they added B.J. Robinson. Listen, is this too many running backs in the stable? I think it might be. B.J. Robinson should be given the opportunity to be a three-down back. He he might be. He might be the guy and be on the field, you know, all the time. I just, I don't know. Arthur Smith is a very finicky kind of like offensive coordinator coach you know in terms of his play calling 
He he does so much different play designs, kind of like Bill Belichick, that I expect Tyler Algiar and Corderell Patterson to still be involved in this offense at the running back position, which hinders B.J. Robinson's talents. I just think that he ended up in the wrong team. As a result, the Falcons might be scratching their heads more often than none this year and saying, where did our offense go? How come it's not producing as it was last year? And with the fact that Desmond Ritter is the quarterback there, he's going to be also a bit confused here and there. I don't like that quarterback at all. I think that he will probably start running the football because he can't read defenses. And then the entire offense of the Falcons will suffer. Just my prediction. Let's see how that pans out. Off to Carolina, we go Frank Wright. Frank Wright is putting in, folks, Bryce Young, week one. Hey, I'm reading a lot. And they're saying a lot of things that Bryce Young is already ready because he's, as William called it last week, he's a calm, cool, and collected quarterback. Well, he has depth at the wide receiver position because Jonathan Mingo, folks, is already slated to be number two on the depth chart. That is a huge leap over guys that I thought were going to be number two in Terrace Marshall or DJ Chark. But no, folks, Jonathan Mingo. That means he's got a partner in crime, two rookies coming in Carolina. Usually that doesn't, you know, that doesn't work. But Carolina's got a good defense. They're going to get a lot of opportunities to showcase their offense. And that might actually work out for them. With the more opportunities, the more comfort you get. They got two veterans in Miles Sanders and Adam Thielen that they brought forth. They're hoping that that's going to be the, uh, the cherry on top to maybe have Carolina win the division. I don't think they're going to win the division. I think off to Tampa Bay we go. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to win the division. This team is going to make the right decision. I'm so happy that they're leaning towards Kyle Trask as being their quarterback. I think this guy can manage the team a lot better than Baker Mayfield. I'm hearing rumblings that this is happening. I'm so happy. Tampa Bay fans, you should be happy too. When you have guys like Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, you need to see these guys' talent. You need to have these guys playing at their full potential. Baker Mayfield cannot deliver. He just can't. He can't see the field. He can't see where Mike Evans is. He can't see where Chris Godwin is. But Cal Trask is a six foot five quarterback. He can see where these guys are. Tampa Bay folks will win the division. I am so happy that they're leaning towards that. I could be wrong here, folks. Baker Mayfield might surprise us at the very end somehow do something to take the ball away of Cal Trask. I don't buy it. I think Cal Trask is going to be there, but we'll have to wait and see. Let's see how preseason kind of like unravels and uh, keep an eye on Cal Trask. Off to New Orleans we go. Well, the Saints, the Saints are the Saints. They brought in Derek Carr. They're, they're betting all their entire season on Derek Carr. And when you do that, you're going nowhere. I love the defense. I just don't think Derek Carr is a great quarterback. And, you know, I love Chris Olave. I think he's going to be phenomenal this year too. But Derek Carr, man, seriously, Derek Carr. I'm going to leave it at that. There's nothing really to report on preseason other than Keandre Miller, the rookie running back that they brought in, still is struggling a bit with his rehab. Jamal Williams obviously is carrying the load. We talked about Alvin Kamara getting a three-game suspension. Don't go and take Derek Carr in your fantasy football. Trust me, folks, this guy's going nowhere. So are the New Orleans Saints. It's that simple. Off to the NFC West we go in the Arizona Cardinals. The Arizona Cardinals are going to bank on Paris Johnson Jr., their right tackle, their number one pick overall in this year's draft. They're going to bank on him to protect Kyle Murray. They hit a home run in Paris Johnson Jr. I think they did. I really do. I think Kyle Murray is going to have a lot better of a season than he did last year. I think he's going to regain his confidence. I think James Conner is going to be able to run in Arizona. And they're not going to be in many football games this year. They're still going to be probably a 500 football team. But I think they're going to be better than last year. And that's what's important because they have a lot invested in Kyle Murray. They're going to have to go draft a wide receiver next year because that's going to be uh, the area of concern for Arizona is who's going to catch the balls in Arizona. But a lot of positive to say, for me anyways, for Arizona, I think they're going to be taking a, a positive step forward. But in that division, it's hard to do. When you got the San Francisco 49ers, the team that, man, everything's clicking in San Francisco. You got yourself 
Brock Purdy, who a lot of people are already banking on being the quarterback for this football team, and it's the right decision. Christian McCaffrey, the system in San Francisco is a really good one when you got depth everywhere, except for maybe the right receiver position, but they don't need the right receiver position, folks. It's Christian McCaffrey's team. This guy is a stud. Now, if he were to go down, they got Elijah Mitchell. They got Jordan Mason. You know, I still think they can come out of it, folks, because that defense is probably the best defense in the NFL. I want to say my Steelers are going to be the best defense, but it's going to be the San Francisco 49ers. This defense is bar none sick. And that, to me, breeds success. You can run the football. Brock Purdy can run the system. San Francisco is going to win the division. Very close, though. Seattle is literally at their heels trying to become number one in the division. Let's talk about Seattle. They brought in Jackson Smith and Ningba. He is the real deal, folks. He's going to become a star in Seattle. I think they're loaded at the right receiver position now with Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. This team is going to be good. It's all about whether or not Geno Smith, was it a fluke? Was Geno Smith a fluke? I don't think it was a fluke. I think Pete Carroll knows how to get the best out of all his QBs. He got the best out of Russell Wilson. He's getting the best out of Geno Smith. Seattle's going to be a wild card team, folks, but they will go maybe deep in the playoffs. Keep an eye on them. That Jackson Smith and Ingba, that, that's an amazing player, folks. If you want to draft a really good wide receiver in fantasy, take a chance on him. You will get something in the long run. The Los Angeles Rams, folks. Off to Los Angeles we go. And I don't know, man. This team, it comes down to whether or not Matt Stafford has anything left in the tank. I don't think Matt Stafford has anything left in the tank. I think we're going to see Stenson Bennett by the end of the year. He will be your quarterback. Matthew Stafford will probably get injured. This team is an enigma. I don't know what they want to put on the football field, but it doesn't look good. I think Sean McVay is a good coach. You know, he won a Super Bowl at a very young age. He's going to have to be Houdini, folks. He's going to have to pull out all the tricks to be competitive unless they're trying to tank on purpose. We'll have to see what happens, but uh, do not take anybody out of the Rams this year. I think that this is going to be a horrible team unless they, they hit a home run with this guy named Puka Nakua. You know, I'm hearing the rumblings at the right receiver position. And is Cooper Cup able to rebound from his huge injury? I want to believe that he can. He's he got a, he's got a high motor, folks. That's basically the million dollar question: Is Puka Nakua able to be a partner in crime to Cooper Cup? Because I don't think he's got anything in Van Jefferson. I don't think he's got anything in Ben Stronic. These guys are going to be out the door sooner than later. They need another superstar to step up in Los Angeles, and that might be Puka Nakua. All right, folks, that's it for the show this week. Another show coming next week. We're going to have a full slate of preseason games to evaluate. It should be a blast. You're listening to CGLO 6090 AM in Montreal. My name is Dominic Denister. See you next week.